Well, greetings and hello. I'm Jeffrey Bingham Mead, your host of the Greenwich Town for All Seasons show podcast. Welcome to today's show. I'm a direct descendant of the 17th century founders of Greenwich, Connecticut, and it is my sincerest pleasure to welcome you. Now, whether you've been in Greenwich for 381 years, as my family has been, or for that matter, 381 seconds, if I could get it out, we welcome you with open arms. And you know what? You are a part of our history. So congratulations and welcome. Now, this is one of America's most fascinating communities. I invite you to join us as we explore and celebrate an evolving understanding of Greenwich, Connecticut's history and culture. And I hope that you will find our journey together an enjoyable one. So, my friends, without any further ado, let's get started. Support is made possible by... Peter F. Alexander, you are the best. A member of the American Society of Landscape Architects and the American Planning Association, he is the founder and principal of Peter F. Alexander Landscape Architect. He's been in business since 1979. He is the founder of the Soundshore Environmental Information Institute. His notable projects include the Olympic Training Center at Lake Placid, New York, the Calf Island Conservancy here in Greenwich, Connecticut, its master plan, numerous residential projects, and really a whole lot more. I've spent some time with Peter F. Alexander. He's a very, very intelligent man, a very gregarious one, and knows a lot about landscape architecture. I have learned so much from him, and he's a terrific gentleman to do business with. You can learn more about this wonderful resident, Peter F. Alexander, who is such a mainstay here in Greenwich, at sitedesignassociates.com. That's site designassociates.com. You can also call him at 203-869-8632. Again, that's 203-869-8632. And please, by all means, when you do call Peter F. Alexander, be sure to mention that Jeffrey Bingham Mead sent you. We also welcome Long Island Sound Institute. The Long Island Sound Institute understands that a bright future relies on brilliant ideas and methods. The Institute aims to use modern planning and implementing new technology to conserve Long Island Sound. Looking forward to its stewardship in the area. To learn more about LISI, go on the web to www.lisistudy.info or call 475-897-5444. Again, that's 475-897-5444. Coming up on today's show. Well, my friends, it's August, and most everyone I know is away on vacation. Safe travels to all of you who are at the present time. We'll have news of upcoming events and happenings at the Greenwich Historical Society, so get out your calendars. Greenwich Avenue has been the heart of the town's business district for generations. I'll have news from 1907 when a prized horse belonging to W.G. Rockefeller caused quite a scene in May of that year. It was 100 years ago this month that over 500 members of Greenwich Society gathered at the home of Mr. and Mrs. George Griswold in Rock Ridge off Lake Avenue. Under the auspices of the Women's Roosevelt Memorial Association, a fundraiser was held to restore and preserve the birthplace of President Theodore Roosevelt in New York City. 
known today as the Theodore Roosevelt Birthplace, a National Historic Site in Manhattan. Were you at St. Rock's Feast in Chickahominy recently? Well, I hope you were, and from what I heard, it was a great time. You'll hear about what was then called the Feast of St. Ronco and how it and how the festivals were held in 1921, 100 years ago this month. My friends, I have a question for you. Have you ever been simply consumed by a project, something that just took over your life? Well, that happened to me recently. You'll hear about Greenwich's first woman real estate developer and a garden that I have created to honor her life and her accomplishments. Her name, Carolyn Mills Smith Mead. And in March, you may have read in the local media about an initiative that I started to acquire one of my family's ancestral farmsteads in North Greenwich. It's the Benjamin Mead II farm, uh, and it dates uh, with the house there from year 1728. I'm going to have an update for you and some history to share and an invitation for you to take part in this. My friends, we're going to have all this and more as the show unfolds, so please stick around. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after these important messages. It is said that August is like the Sunday of summer. Recently, I enjoyed the privilege of taking a Friday boat ride on the sun-drenched, tranquil waters off Greenwich's coast, thanks to the generosity of Peter F. Alexander and some of his friends. As I gazed at the Greenwich waterfront from such an uncommon vantage point, I was reminded what a joy the month of August truly is. It offers us a wonderful feeling of, quite frankly, being free. A spirit of cheerfulness, coupled with a relaxed, nonchalant invigoration that accompanied me with offshore breezes in my face, that was, quite frankly, a source of delight. We admired and occasionally gawked at historic homes old and new, trading stories of encounters with those past and present who built them and who inhabited them and still, in fact, do. We often were treated to the calls of gulls and ospreys with the rush of Long Island Sound's waves against the hull of the boat. While off Tweed Island, other boaters around us had the same idea, a quiet celebration of the freedom to simply pull up, anchor, and sail, or to just sit and enjoy the quietness. We live in fascinating times, but isn't that always true? I think so. As the island beach boat sailed out of Greenwich Harbor and gaped at the mansions of, Al of Belhaven, we were reminded how blessed we are to live in such an extraordinary community, one that continues to ply forward after over 381 years. Many souls have come and gone from Greenwich's landscape, yet all a part of our ongoing history, living their lives and doing so, celebrating their independence. This show, this podcast, is about the story of Greenwich, Connecticut. We've always been a bit more independent, a bit bohemian, with a dash of eccentricity and maverick tendencies, for good measure, a feeling accentuated like the ebb and flow of the tides. My hope for all of you, whether your families have been here hundreds of years, if mine have been, or whether you're amongst those newly arrived, is that you too will enjoy that feeling of letting go under the August sun. Experiencing the here and now is an adventure, 
I invite you to set yourself forth on another adventure into our extraordinary history, a history you are a part of. Join us as friends and neighbors in our continuous endeavors to preserve and celebrate that history. It'll be much appreciated, and you will be wholeheartedly welcomed. Thank you. On Thursday evening, August 26th, Music on the Great Lawn at the Greenwich Historical Society presents Scott Wenzel Bing Band. Don't miss it. Scott Wenzel has been associated with Mosaic Records since 1987 as a reissue producer of classic jazz recordings. He has been nominated for three Grammy Awards in the Best Historical Issue category, as well as other nominations and awards from the Jazz Journalist Association and Downbeat Magazine. He has also produced CDs and supplied 78s for Sony Legacy, Columbia, Blue Note, and Capital, and was one of the consultants on the PBS documentary Ken Burns jazz. Music on the Great Lawn at the Greenwich Historical Society is made possible by our good friends at First Bank of Greenwich and Waterstone on High Ridge. By the way, parking is free. Doors open at 5.30 p.m. with the concert starting at 6.30 p.m. My friends, you can order your tickets now at GreenwichHistory.org. The Greenwich Historical Society is located at 47 Strickland Road in Coscob. For more information, call 203-869-6899. Beautiful work, The Art of Greenwich Gardens and Landscapes, is on exhibit at the Greenwich Historical Society through September 5, 2021. Beautiful work examines the fruitful and fascinating history of gardens and landscapes in Greenwich, from backyard vegetable gardens that fed for the artists of the Costco Art Colony to grand formal gardens designed by leading landscape architects of the 20th century. Original design drawings, striking photographs, and preserved botanical specimens are included in this exhibition celebrating the legacy of cultivating the land in Greenwich. Now, my friends, advanced registration is required. Admission to the Historical Society's galleries are by advanced online ticket reservation only. You can learn more and purchase your tickets online at GreenwichHistory.org. Parking is free. The Greenwich Historical Society is located at 47 Strickland Road in Coscob. And for more information, I invite you to call 203-869-6899. Again, that's 203-869-6899. And my friends, while you are there... I have some great news for you. The Greenwich Historical Society's Museum Store Summer Sale has been underway since July 15. Located in the restored Toby's Tavern building, you can enjoy 25% off store-wide, with some items 50-70% to off. All discounts are for in-store purchases only. Now, you can browse online by going to GreenwichHistoryMuseumStore.ShopSettings.com. I'll repeat that. You can browse online online by going to Greenwich History Museum Store dot shop settings dot com. Do you have questions? Well you can call the store at area code two oh three 869-6899. I remind you that parking is always free at the Greenwich Historical Society, which is located at 47 Strickland Road in Cascob.
The Greenwich Historical Society also invites you to its Tavern Garden Markets. It features all things home from foods and flowers to specially curated items that enrich life shared with family and friends. Vendors vary weekly. The market's hours are 9.30 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. on alternating Wednesdays. The next Tavern Garden Market is scheduled for Wednesday, August 25th. You can learn more at GreenwichHistory.org, or you can call 203-869-6899. By the way, while I think of it, the remaining dates this year for the Tavern Garden Markets are September 8th and the 22nd, October 6th and the 20th, and finally, November 3rd of 2021. Often referred to as, quote, the Ave, unquote, by local residents, Greenwich Avenue is a historic street that has been the pulse of the town of Greenwich, Connecticut, for generations. It is the heart of the town's major shopping district, offering a variety of shopping, service, and dining choices for visitors and residents alike. Now, in May of 1907, commotion, confusion, and tumult filled the air of Greenwich Avenue, for onlookers and filled headlines in the local press. Well, why? Well, it turns out that a very valuable horse that belonged to William G. Rockefeller caused quite a sensation. Now, who was he? Well, William Goodsell Rockefeller was the son of Standard Oil founder William Avery Rockefeller Jr. and Elmira Geraldine Goodsell. Now, at this time, Rockefeller was treasurer of the Standard Oil Company of New York until his retirement um, in 1911. He was married to Sarah Elizabeth Elsie Stillman in 1895. She was the daughter of National City Bank President James Jewett Stillman and Sarah Elizabeth Rumrill. Now, uh, interestingly, William Goodsell Rockefeller, who, who lived here in Greenwich, um, died at the age of only 52 years old in New York City, and that was on November 30th, 1922. But let's go back to 1907, shall we? My source on this is the May 24th, 1907, page 7, the edition of uh, the Greenwich News, and it goes as follows. Rockefeller horse slide, says the headline. Horse runs away and creates excitement on Greenwich Avenue. A valuable gray horse belonging to William G. Rockefeller was the sensation of Tuesday, although the pony and dog shows were in town. The horse performed a slide which would make him eligible for a position on the Greenwich ball team following a bad fall by sliding nearly 70 feet on his side, getting up and running over rock piles and rows of bricks on Greenwich Avenue, all the time dragging an upturned and smashed carriage after him. The horse was standing in front of Cohen Brothers' store in the middle of the afternoon, while the coachman was out of the carriage. A heavy weight was attached to the bit, and almost any horse would have been secure in that matter. The gray, however, took fright, probably from the watering sprayed on nearby windows with a hose. His first plunge took the weight along, but only in a manner to cause more fright, for the weight was striking forcibly against his forelegs. The horse was there thoroughly frightened and made fast time down the avenue, 
when between the Bonton Market and the Greenwich Drugstore, the weight got tangled with the horse's legs and threw him on the pavement. He slid on his left side down past the drugstore and about ten feet on the dirt pavement. When the horse fell, the carriage overturned with a crash, spilled out the contents and breaking the carriage itself. The instant the slide ended, the horse was up and away with another wild rush, dragging the upturned and broken carriage. The first thing that was collided with was a large pile of stones alongside the walk, and the next was the curb and one of the large piles of brick left by contractor John O. Merritt, who is expected sometime to brick the avenue. About the time the carriage struck, struck the brick, Sergeant Andy Talbot grabbed him and, with assistance from others, checked his wild dash. Mr. Rockefeller's man took the gray to Reese Ramsey's blacksmith shop, where Dr. Fowler attended him. He was considerably bruised and scratched, where he made his great slide, but will probably suffer no permanent injuries. It was fortunate for the horse, as well as many people, that he did not dash further down the avenue, where excavating is going on for lowering the water and sewer pipes. That, my friends, was from May 1907. The September 11th Memorial Greenwich will be hosting a remembrance ceremony on Saturday, September 11th. The service will take place with all social distancing protocols and safety measures in place. Participants will gather at Coscom Park for remarks by Pamela Farr, who was chairman of the board in 2001 for the Red Cross MNYN chapter. Family members will be supported by town and state elected officials, members of the military, the American Red Cross local and regional first responders, and community, as as all will remember the fallen. The service will start promptly at 8.46 a.m. with a cannon and bell ringing, noting the time the North Tower of the World Trade Center was hit. Following the remembrance service, the honor guard will lead the procession and guests past the waterside pavilion where flowers will be available to lay at the base of the memorial. There will be a prayer, laying of wreaths, presentation of colors, and a 21-gun salute at the memorial. All are invited to walk through the labyrinth to pay their respects. The honor guard will stand at attention and bells will ring at noted times until... 10:28 a.m. The service will also include a reading of the names of the 33 Greenwich victims. Members of the community's first responders, organizations, Greenwich Police, Greenwich Fire, and Greenwich Emergency Medical Service will present the colors with an honor guard and a salute. The annual ceremony paying tribute to those who were lost will conclude with a benediction, retreat of the colors, and the final bell and cannon at 10.28 a.m. Again, flowers will be available in the pavilion throughout the day for those who visit the site on their own. The Red Cross will be on hand, providing water and comfort. Were you at St. Rock's Feast in Chickahominy this year? Well, I hope that you were. I was not able to attend, but my friends tell me that it was a fantastic time, as it always has been. And, um, you know, it picked my uh, my curiosity because I was uh, wondering just how long 
the Feast of St. Rocks has been uh, held. Uh, now, it turns out that according to the Greenwich News and uh, Graphic in an article that I found uh, 100 years ago, um, that the uh, feast has been held for a very, very long time. Um, this is an article that I found in the Greenwich News and Graphic, and I just thought that I would um, read it uh, to you, or at least paraphrase it. Um, it says, The Feast of St. Rocco, as it was called, in which uh, past years have been held at the Sacred Heart Church in what was then known as East Portchester. Of course, we know it as Byram uh, today, and I think that many of you know where the Sacred Heart Church is, over on um, Henry Street in, um, in Byram. Um, let's see, it goes on to say, it was celebrated this week at St. Rock's Chapel on what was then Grigg Avenue, now at St. Rock's Avenue, um, over again in the Chickahominy section of, um, of Greenwich. The grounds around the chapel extended to uh, Hamilton Avenue were brightly lighted and flags and other decorative features were also in evidence. The festivities opened Monday evening with a band concert on the grounds, and on Tuesday morning there was a high mass in the chapel in which Father Capo of the Celestian Fathers preached the sermon. In addition to another band concert on Tuesday evening, when the celebration came to a close, there was a grand display of fireworks. Prettily decorated booths laden with fancy articles and refreshments were in charge uh, of the young people of the church, the proceeds of the sale will go toward the fund to obtain new pews for the chapel. There have been large crowds at attendance each day, many of the people coming from the eastern and western suburbs of the town, as well as Portchester and Stamford. You know, I'll have to put this on my annual list of um, of things to do when I'm here during the uh, the summer months in um, in Greenwich. Um, it's a fantastic uh, event. Um, the um, church is a thriving one, and in fact, I'd like to invite uh, those of you uh, who are living in the Chickahominy and Byram sections to uh, to contact me please. You know, you are very much a part of our history. There are some people that say that uh, that uh, Chickahominy and Byram tend to be overlooked. Well, I'd like to have your help um, in overcoming that. So I have a little assignment for you. If you've got some interesting bits of uh, history to share with me uh, and with my audience, I'd like you to contact me as follows. Greenwich, a town for all seasons at gmail.com. Again, Email me at Greenwich, a town for all seasons, at gmail.com. You've got a fantastic history over there in Chickahominy and in Byram, so let's turn around and explore that some more and share it with our audience. And since we are on the subject of the Byram section of Greenwich, and lest we forget, I'd like to send a hearty congratulations to the Byram Volunteer Fire Department. Well, why? Now, according to John Thompson, the administrator of the Byram Neighborhood Association's group site, on Facebook, the Byram Volunteer Fire Department, along with the career staff, will be back in its newly renovated firehouse. This, as the Byram Volunteer Fire Department celebrates its 130-year anniversary. Well, you know what? That's really fantastic. Now, true, they say there's still a lot of work uh, to get done before do doors open to, uh, to celebrate with evidence, but they are excited to be back in Byram. And that starts this coming Monday, the 23rd of August, 2021. If you are with the Byram Volunteer Fire Department, would you please 
please get in touch with me. I'd love to learn about the history of the Byram Volunteer Fire Department and to share it with the audience. You can do that by contacting me by email at Greenwich A Town for All Seasons at gmail.com. That's Greenwich A Town for All Seasons at gmail.com. <laughs> I'm inviting you to join or renew your membership or make a donation to the Greenwich Historical Society. Visitors are an essential part of our organization's fabric. Your museum experience and feedback guide us in making our exhibits and programs more engaging, fun, and educational. We want you to feel connected to the stories we present as well as understand why those stories are significant. We want you to become a part of our community. The very fact that you are able to enjoy our collections on-site and online is the result of our ongoing investment in our physical and digital museum. Please help us with this continuing effort by becoming a member, renewing your membership, or making a donation to the Greenwich Historical Society today. Multiple membership levels are in place, and the privileges of each membership level are mentioned online. No membership is too small to make a difference. Joining and or renewing is easy. You can complete and return the enclosed form. Join on our website at GreenwichHistory.org or you can call Laura Kelly. She's in charge of membership and development at 203-869-6899 extension 14. Now in times like this, we're reminded of how interconnected we are. Without the support of our visitors and our members, none of the work of the Greenwich Historical Society would be possible. Now, the Greenwich Historical Society is located at 47 Strickland Road in Coscob. You can call for more information at 203-869-6899. Again, that's 203-869-6899. Or you can learn more online at GreenwichHistory.org. Again, that's GreenwichHistory.org. You know, for over a century, the Bush Holly House and Gardens have nurtured creativity, design, and artful living. This year, join us for a series of workshops, and those are called the Create in the Barn workshops, that celebrate creative expression from floral design and painting to entertaining and decorating. We offer intimate hands-on workshops with cocktails and camaraderie. Presented with local realtor Karen McKenna, we are pleased to offer these special evening nights out hosted in a historic barn. Now, the next of the Create in the Barn workshops is going to be held on September 23rd from 6.30 p.m. to 8 p.m. And I think this really looks really fascinating, rather tasty, quite frankly. So I would like to ask you, my friends, to go online to greenwichhistory.org slash barn dash create or call 203-869-6899 to register. Now, it says in the flyer that I received that each workshop includes all supplies and instruction, and each participant will have a creation to take home and enjoy. So, again, you can learn more. Look for Create in the Barn workshops at GreenwichHistory.org, if I can get it out, or you can call 203-869-6899 for more information and to register. 
Support is made possible by... Peter F. Alexander, you are the best. A member of the American Society of Landscape Architects and the American Planning Association, he is the founder and principal of Peter F. Alexander Landscape Architect. He's been in business since 1979. He is the founder of the Soundshore Environmental Information Institute. His notable projects include the Olympic Training Center at Lake Placid, New York, the Calf Island Conservancy here in Greenwich, Connecticut, its master plan, numerous residential projects and really a whole lot more. I've spent some time with Peter F. Alexander. He's a very, very intelligent man, a very gregarious one, and knows a lot about landscape architecture. I have learned so much from him, and he's a terrific gentleman to do business with. You can learn more about this wonderful resident, Peter F. Alexander, who is such a mainstay here in Greenwich, at sitedesignassociates.com. That's site designassociates.com. You can also call him at 203-869-8632. Again, that's 203-869-8632. And please, by all means, when you do call Peter F. Alexander, be sure to mention that Jeffrey Bingham Mead sent you. We also welcome Long Island Sound Institute. The Long Island Sound Institute understands that a bright future relies on brilliant ideas and methods. The Institute aims to use modern planning and implementing new technology to conserve Long Island Sound. Looking forward to its stewardship in the area. To learn more about LISI, go on the web to www.lisistudy.info or call 475-897-5444. Again, that's 475-897-5444. I also invite you to sponsor and underwrite this podcast. It's a great way to learn more about Greenwich history, and it's my pleasure to bring it to you. Now, if you are interested, please contact me about the fantastic rates that we are offering right now at Greenwich, a town for all seasons at gmail.com. Again, email me at Greenwich, a town for all seasons at gmail.com. You can also call my mobile phone number at area code 808 7210306. Again, that's area code 808 7210306. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you. I have a question that I'd like to pose to all of you, and it is this Have you ever stumbled into a project of any kind that just consumed you? It wasn't planned that way, but it just happened. This happened to me, <laughs> uh, and it's still going on, uh, even right, right, not right this minute, but um, but it's happening now. Um, and I wanted to share this with you because I think this is something very, very special. Uh, some of you that, uh, that know me for many years know that back in the um, days leading up to the 350th anniversary of the founding of uh, Greenwich in 1990, that I was very involved in in the restoration and preservation of um, the town's uh, ancient uh, burying grounds. Uh, That includes ones that were particularly abandoned, uh, family plots, and uh, so on and so forth, and doing research on those. Part of that work resulted in the creation of what we call the Historic Mead Family Burying Grounds Association, uh, which was uh, created by me and others in the family in 1989. Um, 
as as part of that association, I had announced uh, back in um, uh, in January of um, uh, of this year uh, the establishment of the Carolyn Mills Smith Mead Memorial Garden at uh, the Mead Family Cemetery that we have in Coscob. Now, the Carolyn Mills Smith Mead Memorial Garden was established in conjunction originally with the centennial of the passage of the 19th Amendment uh, to the United States Constitution, granting women the right to vote in election. Now, Carolyn Mill Smith Mead would have been my, I believe, my great, great, great grand aunt. Um, and uh, to the best of our knowledge, she was not known to be a suffragist. Uh, but the garden pays respects to a woman whose uh, business acumen and foresight and philanthropy were well known throughout Greenwich until her passing in 1910. Uh, now, let me give you a little bit more background um, about her. This comes from the Greenwich News, uh, dated July 10, 1910. It was around the time that she died. Um, and it goes like this. Mrs. Mead was a prominent woman in Greenwich, a woman of strong character in mind and one highly respected in town. She was born in 1826 in Stamford, the daughter of Ebenezer and Rhoda Smith. And on her marriage to Mr. Mead, that would be William H. Mead, uh, who owned the homestead, by the way, where Costco Elementary School is today, she came to Greenwich to live in the old homestead, which I just mentioned, which is now occupied by Mr. Young. Uh, I don't know who he is, but we'll find that out. 37 years ago, again, this is, um, you know, before um, 1910, her husband died, and upon her then devolved the task of looking out after his large land holdings. In recent years, she has done much to improve the property. She had four streets laid out, Mead Circle, Suburban Avenue, Glendale Street, and Randolph Place. Again, these are in Coscob, all of which are well built up. She showed remarkable business ability in all of her dealings and much to build up Coscob. Mrs. Mead was one of the oldest members of Christ Church and was an active uh, church uh, member of uh, Christ Church. And she was a member of the New Canaan chapter of the Daughters of the American Revolution. Now, in 1906, Mrs. Mead, that would be Carolyn Mills Smith Mead, of course, laid out streets and developed real estate upon her um, late husband's lands, and she inherited upon his death. The area was, again, one time known as Mead Circle, including Suburban Avenue, Tremont Street, uh, Randolph Place, and Glendale Street, um, and some of the housing plots along the east side of Sinawai Road in, um, in Coscob. It turns out that she was Greenwich's first female real estate developer. Um, we have this from the Greenwich Graphic, uh, dated June 11, 1910, after she died. Quote, Mrs. Mead owned a large acreage of Costco property and, although advanced in years, was deeply interested in building up that part of the town, opening up her land into desirable building lots, handsome cottages having been built on many. Mrs. Mead's uh, wish being that only good class of houses be constructed and the attractive section known as Mead Circle, which has so rapidly built up over the past years, uh, a part of her holdings, um, unquote. Now, this memorial garden that I concocted <laughs> and, um, and spent a, a good portion of the, um, of the autumn of last year and uh, winter and, um, and even going now into the spring and summer of 2021, uh, the memorial garden consists of a strip of land that connects the cemetery to, um, uh, to the street. Um, it was the same path, as it turns out, to and from the cemetery that she would have traversed when visiting the graves of her father, who was Ebenezer Mead, and her late husband. 
husband, who was William H. Meade. Um, uh, and these people are buried in the uh, cemetery. By the way, Carolyn Mill Smith's, uh, Smith Meade's brother was George Jackson Smith. If you don't know that name, well, he and his wife uh, were the owners um, uh, of a place that we know today as the Bush Holly House. When the Smiths owned uh, the uh, the Bush Holly House, and this is again before the years of the Cascabart Colony, um, they ran the home as a boarding house for the original railroad workers that built the train, you know, the railroad coming in, and uh, the uh, the original bridge uh, that traversed uh, the Mianus River. Um, I have a little bit more of background about her. Um, she died in the home she built and gave to her caretaker, Mary Frances Peck, at Seven Relay Place. This is the house that is immediately behind the Mill Pond Shopping Center. Carolyn Millsmeet's funeral was held in the home, and her final journey was from the house to the end of uh, Relay Place, and then along uh, the um, the access way to the uh, cemetery, uh, where she was interred uh, in June of 1910. Um, in um, uh, her recorded last will and testament, she hand-drew the property lines as they are today um, in the 21st century. Um, the cemetery itself was established in 1791. Um, it's been on land uh, that has been in the family's possession since the late uh, 17th century, and it measures approximately one-third of an acre. Now, work on the memorial garden and the cemetery um, you know, has been quite a fascinating experience. Um, originally, there was, and there still is, by the way, a lot of pollinating flowers, uh, perennials, and uh, things like that. And so simply what we did was just uh, enlarge that uh, by um, about maybe four or five-fold, I don't know. Um, we have created uh, flower beds along the property lines and the shoreline of, the, um, of that area of the Costco Mill Pond. We're trimming and removing some of the trees, planting additional perennial and annual ornamental flowers, and eventually we're going to be installing um, an arbor or a gate, um, you know, at the entrance. Um, I, I do want to uh, to remind all of you that the property is not open to the public. It is a private family plot. Um, I've had people ask me about uh, coming onto the property. We ask um, that you uh, respect our wishes. If you are interested in contacting me for more information and maybe even a, um, a visit, you can do so by uh, contacting me at meadburyinggrounds at gmail.com. Again, that's meadburyinggrounds at gmail.com. And you can see some pictures and get some more historical information uh, at meadburyinggrounds.blogspot.com. Again, that's meadburyinggrounds.blogspot.com. Um, I should mention that uh, one of the interesting things um, about the uh, the history was that at one time there was a massive oak tree that once grants the uh, grace of the landscape in front of the Nehemiah Mead House. Again, um, that was, has since been demolished, but it's where Coscob Elementary School um, is today. And I should also mention to you that um, Carolyn Mill Smith, uh, Smith Mead, who was a very, very uh, successful businesswoman, uh, did build a modern home for herself. Um, and it is still there today. It is located immediately next door uh, to the Dunkin' Donuts uh, shop at 391 East Putnam Avenue. I believe it is um, today uh, the the home of uh, Greenwich Dentistry. Um, and, um, and you can see it there. No, I cannot give you a visit there. Uh, please, uh, unless you have a uh, dental appointment, uh, please don't go um, asking for uh, you know, uh, tours of the home. <laughs> That's nice. Um, I will have more information about 
about this. Uh, we had thought that we would have had everything done by now. Um, it has taken a lot longer um, than anticipated, and we will probably schedule a dedication of the Memorial Garden um, and of the uh, cemetery in the uh, spring of 2022. So stay tuned for that. Starting in March of this year, that would be year 2021, of course, um, I had announced through Greenwich Free Press, Greenwich Time, and the Greenwich Sentinel an initiative uh, to acquire, restore, and open to the public one of my family's ancestral farmsteads, one that dates from uh, year 1728, this one being located in North Greenwich uh, at the corner of Riverside Road and, uh, and Cliffdale Road. Um, the nearly... 10-acre farmstead is located there. Um, the original house, which is still on the property, dates uh, from 1728, and thus making it one of Greenwich's oldest historic homes. Now, there was originally another larger main house. Some of you may have remembered it. It was built um, in um, in the late um, 18th, early 19th century. Uh, I found out that it was a stop on the Underground Railroad. It was senselessly, de- senselessly demolished, unfortunately, along with barns and outbuildings in the early um, uh, 2000s. I should mention that uh, I had been contacted by the owner-seller and the listing uh, realtor. Um, They are people who believe in um, historic preservation, which is very nice. Um, and uh, and so we are working hand in hand to um, work on a deal, and um, and really it is my intention, along with my associates and my family, to open the um, uh, the farm uh, uh, to the public. It really is a truly breathtaking and beautiful property. It is a bit overgrown right now, if you were to drive by. And by the way, speaking of that, I do want to ask: please do not trespass on the property. Uh, that is the uh, uh, respect uh, the um, uh, the request of the um, owner and uh, listing broker. So. So, um, you know, please, uh, please don't do that. Uh, A bit of history about this place. Uh, There was a raid on the property during the um, Revolutionary War. And what I quote here is from a uh, an article that was uh, printed in um, 1895. um, And it goes as uh, follows. Uh, a raid was uh, was made upon this place. The son, Obadiah Mead, hid himself in a neighbor's barn standing just south of the southeast orchard. Uh, someone of the Tory neighbors, knowing in fact, knowing the fact, informed the redcoats who surrounded the barn, threatened to set fire to it and to smoke him out. To escape their clutches, he, Obadiah Mead, ran uh, from the barn across the orchard, jumping down the rocks to Dyspepsia Lane. By the way, that's called Cliffdale Road. Where they got the name Dyspepsia Lane, don't ask me. I (laughs) have no idea. Um, He was followed, however, by the soldiers. Obadiah, seeing the impossibility of escaping, surrendered. He was then uh, shot once, uh, the ball passing through his left arm and entering his side, killing him instantly. The court, uh, the coat he wore, showing the bullet holes which has been so carefully preserved all these years, was um, uh, inspected by all of the company present. This was for a, um, a family reunion that was held in 1895. By the way, that coat um, is in the uh, collections of the Greenwich Historical Society and it is uh, preserved uh, there. Now, what I envision for um, the property is I basically I do want to turn it back into a um, into a working farm. Um, we originally were going to do this whole thing as a nonprofit. I don't think that's going to work, uh, except that we do want to uh, do a, um, a 
nonprofit education organization to preserve the old 1728 house and to turn that into a um, into a learning center where we can provide um, hands-on immersive uh, experiences uh, focusing on Greenwich's agricultural industry. Um, I'd like to see this place to turn back into a farmstead for uh, setting for public events and um, and things like that. Part of the inspiration for this um, was Greenwich Country Day School's acquisition of French Farm on, um, on Lake Avenue. Um, and this is uh, a place uh, that I just mentioned, the Benjamin Mead II Farm up on Riverville Road that I would like to open up um, to, um, to everybody. Um, it's, it's a remarkable place with a a fabulous, um, you know, history. Uh, one of the last prominent members of the family was Solomon Stoddard Mead, who owned it. Um, he was a well-known stockman in the late 19th, early 20th century. Um, the farm, um, became, um, a place where, uh, wealthy people in Greenwich, uh, could uh, board their uh, horses. Those included people like Walter Huston and J.C. Penney. You probably heard of that store chain. Well, that's it. (laughs) So there you go. Um, and so um, there are a lot of things that we have in, envisioned for this. Think of something as a combination, historical society, Audubon, land trust, uh, and working farm, all of that um, uh, coming together. So uh, my friends, um, uh, we, I ask you to be patient. Uh, I am looking forward to, uh, to making this happen. And uh, we will. We invent our, uh, our solutions as we go along. And, um, and I do ask you to wish me luck on this. If you would like to be a part of this, um, please contact me at Greenwich at Town for All Seasons at gmail.com. Uh, I can add you to our email list um, and uh, to our list of uh, partners uh, as part of this wonderful uh, project that we think will enrich the people of, uh, of Greenwich and our surrounding communities for many generations to come. For well over a century, the people of Greenwich, Connecticut have been enthusiastic supporters of many causes both near and far, Uh, whether it was 100 years ago or uh, in today's contemporary era, the people of Greenwich have come together to uh, raise money and uh, to uh, immerse themselves in many great projects. Um, And as we start to close today's podcast, I wanted to go back in time exactly 100 years ago this month um, and uh, tell you about a very, very interesting event that attracted the members of Greenwich Society. Um, Now, over 500 people um, gathered together at the home of Mr. and Mrs. George Griswold in the Rock Ridge area of Greenwich. This is immediately off of, um, of Lake Avenue, just north of the Lake Avenue Circle. Under the auspices of the Women's Roosevelt Memorial Association, a fundraiser was held uh, to restore and preserve the birthplace of President Theodore Roosevelt in New York City. It's known today as the Theodore Roosevelt Birthplace, and it is a National Historic Landmark that is located in Manhattan. Original news of the of the fundraiser was published in the August 5th, 1921 edition of the Greenwich News Graphic, and I'd like to uh, to share that with you. It goes as follows. Entertainment tomorrow to aid in preserving his birthplace, meaning Roosevelt. Theodore Roosevelt's birthplace in New York City will become known far and wide as the national center of true Americanism. Within its walls, projects will be launched which will unite more closely the red-blooded Americans of our nation and further the highest forms of manhood and civic service. 
This entertainment tomorrow night on the Griswold Grounds, Lake Avenue, is being given so that you may get your full value for any money you contribute, and each dollar will bring more value and more fun than you have ever been able to get. If you cannot come on Saturday and have the best time of your life, buy a ticket. Privilege of having your name written on the book of donors at Roosevelt House will become a member of the Women's Roosevelt Memorial Association and will have the satisfaction of knowing that you have helped boost clean politics, clean citizenship, and the ideals which Roosevelt lived. Douglas Fairbanks, Charlie Chaplin, Norma Talmadge, H.B. Warner, and other famous members of the Screen Society have very generously promised to be with us on Saturday in their roles, not in person. The movies will be good and varied, interesting and amusing. There will be several shows, the first about 8.30 o'clock. If fair weather, they will be given out of doors, if rain, undercover. Selected band concerts uh, will be rendered, and the promise is made that there will be excellent music from the Bass brand, brass band uh, of known reputation. Dance music will be furnished by a stringed orchestra. The dancing will be continuous. A silver loving cup will be given to the winners of the dancing competition. In all, there will be five prizes given for the best dancing. Crystal gazing. I don't know what that is, but uh, maybe you can tell me. Crystal gazing will be done in two crystals, the most unusual and very new method of one giving decidedly remarkable results by a crystal gazer of well-earned reputation. Silhouettes will be made by an expert profile artist of established reputation. Those who have the most delightful times of their lives when they are breaking something or taking it apart will thoroughly enjoy what is known as China Smasher. It accomplished or accomplishes what its name indicates when persuasion and skill are properly applied. It's good fun. Well, I hope it is. Um, a cigarette gallery will allow of the acquisition of good smokes by the keen-eyed persons, both male and female. <laughs> That's good to know. Um, several swimming matches will be held during the evening in which new strokes will be shown for their full value. Pointers is a game that has very tight hold on the player's enthusiasm. It gives thrills that few games can rival and also leaves the players with a genuine sense of satisfaction at having accomplished a definite deed. There are several gifts that will be given away. Each one is a splendid representative of its class. They are, these are the prizes, a guaranteed thoroughbred Airedale dog, one year old and well-broken. A young pig, pedigree, a pair of angora kittens, a pair of brown rabbits, fine children's pets. <laughs> there will be an abundance of refreshments, including hopped cider and red hot dogs. The lucky ticket will be determined and the prize awarded. The prize is of such magnificence and of such fine workmanship that it will have to be seen to be appreciated. It will be on exhibition during the evening. The tickets are prized at only $1.50. Each ticket entitles the holder to admission to the entertainment on Saturday evening, rain or shine, to a handsome bronze pin of the Medallion of Roosevelt, to having the holder's name written 
on the Book of Donors in Roosevelt House and to membership in the Women's Roosevelt Memorial Association, a national organization. You can obtain tickets at drugstores and hotels and clubs in Greenwich and also in Stamford, Port Chester, and Rye. Well, how do you think it went? Well, we have news of that from the Greenwich News and Graphic, um, and this is the article dated August 12, 1921. And it goes as follows, Unique and Successful Entertainment at George Griswold's. The unique entertainment held on the estate of Mr. and Mrs. George Griswold on Lake Avenue last Saturday evening under the auspices of the Women's Roosevelt Memorial Association was attended by over 500 persons, including many of the leading society of the town. The proceeds will go toward restoring the birthplace of the late Colonel Theodore Roosevelt. As the returns have not been entirely received from the sale of tickets and several bills are yet to be turned over to the committee, the exact amount it realizes is not known at the present time. The 52 disabled soldiers from New York, who were guests of many Greenwich people last week, were escorted by Mrs. Coulter de Hoyler to the grounds where they were admitted free of charge. The barn on the premises in which there was continuous dancing was decorated in greens, American flags, photographs of Colonel Roosevelt, as well as a bronze medallion of the late president. Kearney's orchestra played for the dancing in the context which were in charge of in the contests which were in charge of Miss Ethel Hayes of Belhaven, Miss Florence Marsh and George Helm won the lucky number prize and the dancing contest for a handsome silver cup presented by Mrs. Charles G. Ransom, Jr., Miss Louise Myers, and James O'Neill were the winners. Patrick Bush of Stamford also gave an exhibition dance. About the grounds, which were brilliantly lighted with electricity and Japanese lanterns, were numerous attractions for both old and young. There were moving pictures in which Charlie Chaplin, Douglas Fairbanks, Norma Talmadge, H.B. Warner, and other movie stars appeared in leading roles. Crystal gazing was done into crystals, a new method by an expert crystal gazer, and many were enabled to to learn certain mysterious mysteries heretofore unknown. Well, I'll bet. Um, professional profile artists made silhouettes, life-size and smaller. Then there was, quote, the China Smasher, unquote, a cigarette gallery, the game of pointers, besides several swim matches, showing new strokes. Kearney's band furnished music on the grounds during the evening, hop cider and other, and, and red hot dogs found ready sale, besides other refreshments. The winning ticket was number 654. The prize presented by Maurice Anne Mazzetti of Rye was a beautiful cake decorated with Roosevelt's house and a medallion of the late colonel in gold. Other prize winners were rabbits, which went to Ms. Isabel Armstrong. The pedigree pig went to Thomas Kirby, one of the disabled soldiers. The Angora Kittens went to Mrs. George Reed. An Airedale dog went to Mrs. Moore of Stamford. A Bull Terrier donated by the Riverside Kennels to Julian Bishop. Each purchaser of the $1.50 ticket is entitled to a membership in the Women's 
Memorial Association, whose headquarters is at 1 East 57th Street, New York, as well as having his or her name written in the Book of Donors, and to a beautiful bronze pin made from the medallion by Anna von Hyatt. R. Graham Bigelow gave a dinner at the Indian Harbor Yacht Club before the entertainment. Mrs. Charles G. Ransom, Jr., chairman of the committee, also entertained a number of guests at a buffet supper at her home early in the evening, and numerous other society people gave similar parties. Mrs. Ransom, Jr. was chairman of the committee. Other members were Mrs. George Griswold, Mrs. H. L. Hotchkiss III, Mrs. B. H. Brown, Mrs. Let me see if I can get that here. Oh, Julian Bishop, Mrs. J. Tabor, and Mrs. Dorothy Quim, Dorothy Thompson, Gladys Armstrong, and Ethel Hayes. The headquarters of the association is at 1 East 57th Street in New York. Well, that's it, folks. That was that was a uh, 100 years ago for the um, restoration of the Theodore Roosevelt birthplace. Unfortunately, because of the COVID-19 restrictions that we are under right now, my understanding is that the, the house is not open um, at the present time. But uh, I would urge you to check with the, the National Park Service from time to time. Uh, let's hope that the day comes very, very soon uh, that it and uh, similar uh, national landmarks will be open to the public again. Well, there you go, my friends. What a what a time it's been to be with you on the Greenwich A Town for All Seasons show where we celebrate Greenwich, Connecticut's history and uh, culture. My name is Jeffrey Bingham Mead. I am a descendant of the original ta- uh, settlers of the uh, town of Greenwich uh, who arrived here uh, on, on July 18th, 1640. It's really been a pleasure to be with uh, with you today, and I thank you so much for taking an interest in the preservation and celebration of Greenwich, Connecticut's fantastic history and its varied and diverse culture. Uh, please stay tuned again soon. We're going to have another podcast uh, coming up very, very, very shortly, um, and I invite you to contact me anytime at Greenwich a town for all seasons at gmail.com um, that includes not only with questions but also uh, if you are interested in supporting the show it would be deeply appreciated um, if um, if you would you can learn more about the show by the way at Greenwich a town for all seasons.blogspot.com again that's Greenwich a town for all seasons.blogspot.com with that said my friends I want to bid you adieu and uh, goodbye and uh, till we meet again Again, and I thank you so much for being a part of the history of this marvelous place that we call home, Greenwich, Connecticut. See you soon. Bye-bye.